Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up August 10th through the 12th in Florida, just outside the most magical place on earth, Orlando. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad that you've decided to join us today. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with my friend Stephen. So how are you doing? I am well. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Well, before we get started, I just want to let you know, as we do every now and then, we're a listener-supported broadcast, and especially as we're going through summer months, sometimes the summer months can be a little bit drier in terms of giving, and I get it. People are on vacation. They've got other things on their mind and all that, but Uh, We would really appreciate it if you think of us um, to come alongside and partner with us with a gift of any amount. And uh, we're grateful to those of you who who have decided to partner with us. We're so thankful for that. But if you'd like to learn about the various ways that you can support us and be a partner, just go to puresexradio.com and then click on the donate link and you can learn about all the ways that you can come alongside and partner with us. Well, Stephen, I'm curious about this uh, episode because I love the idea uh, in terms of you know decluttering and and getting more focused, but why don't you share with us maybe where we're going to be going in this episode? So uh, two things: uh, one, I'm moving into a smaller space, mm-hmm. so that sort of causes me to look at my stuff. And then number two. I get Netflix. I'm still old-fashioned. I get them in the mail. I have to order them. Oh, my goodness. They still do that? (laughs) They do. And it controls me from binging. You know what I mean? If I just get them in the mail, just watch one, put it back. Sorry, did I shame you this? (laughs) No. No, but I'm telling you it's a way I control myself because I could binge. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that, you know. I gotcha. So I just have one, and that's the next one I'm going to get to. And I keep a stack. I keep three of them going in the mail, so I've always got something. Anyway, that's not what this is about. But some scaling down. So I get, so I see this, like, documentary on in Netflix, and I can't remember the guys that did it. I remember the title. It's called Minimalism, a documentary about the important things. Eh, what the heck? I order it. I take a look at it. And it's just really intriguing. It's two guys asking questions about stuff and the stuff we own and and getting more stuff or needing all the stuff. And they're just talking about, can we live simpler? Is it 
can you be happy and have less? Mm. So it's about minimalism. And so I wrote some lines down, and it, and uh, I wanted to talk about these concepts because they go, you know, what's universal? Cravings are universal. Restlessness is universal. Always wanting more is sort of universal. Mm. And so what does it mean? We end up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think there's such parallels then between that and then how people get entangled in pornography and and things like think about think about how that applies even just specifically to pornography, craving, mm. restlessness, wanting more. That's actually what pornography feeds on. Your cravings, yeah. right? Let's just, man, let's keep... You're such a sexual guy. I'm talking about minimalism. I know, I know, and you're but... you're talking about porn. What is this, like a pure sex radio yeah. talk or something? <laughs> what the heck? You listen to how his mind works. Well, that's just, so that's where... Yeah, sorry, that's where my mind goes, right? <laughs> no, that's good. That's is, good. Uh, so, you're going to make the, the porn application, and I'm going to be talking about living on less. Yeah, exactly. You can be the good guy. I'll be the, the bad no, guy. No, no, because this plays right into this, because... So, so think about what pornographers are doing. They're trying to produce stuff that will actually keep you in a craving mode, yeah, right? Yeah. And that will um, think about what what then happens when a person starts to consume porn is pornographers want to create restlessness. You need different. You need more. You need yeah. harder. And then uh, then that idea of wanting more that's just sort of built in to our sexuality to begin with, right? Um, right. So, so I see that, and and so maybe the and I don't want to jump too early to the application point. So we we'll just keep going. <laughs> no, you're but, good. But they're the next line they said, and I just wrote a bunch of random lines down. They did not give me an outline or something, but these are things that jumped out at me because it plays to what you're saying. It says they said dissatisfaction is an addiction. Mm. I'm never satisfied. Well, I and, want more, and and they, the new one came out. The new model came out. Oh, you have the old model, and and you know what they're doing, and and watch TV, and if you do, there's better technology even on homes now. The the shades are going up and down, and the lights are coming on based on Alexa, Alexa, you know, and every, right, yeah. and you don't have one of those, and look what they have, and the Facebook people are going nuts. Because people are going, man, you have a wonderful life. I have a crummy life. Right. Yeah. Social media is where everybody oh gets where dissatisfaction is heightened. So dissatisfaction can itself consume you, addict you, drive you. Well, and um, it makes me think of of what we learn in like a marketing one hundred and one class. It may not be stated this way, but this is essentially what advertising is all about. We have to play or prey on your addiction, um, on your dissatisfaction. Uh, Think about any advertisement you see for any product. There's a hint of you're not enough. You need that new model, right? You need that new car. You don't. You're. You are not going to be satisfied until you have fill in the blank with whatever their product right. is, right? This is one of those. Uh, this is a hard thing sometimes, I think, to train our kids up in, and that is that boredom, dissatisfaction, and pain can be valuable parts of your experience in yeah. life. And where where are we hearing anywhere in the world, even in the church, where are we hearing that message? That boredom, dissatisfaction, and pain can actually be valuable to you. 
mm-hmm. in terms of maturing and growing up and learning how to handle life. Um, because I think boredom is actually good for creativity. If we have so filled up every aspect of our space and time with activity, it's very hard for us to be creative. Creativity needs space. Like you need to be bored. <laughs> you need enough time in your schedule that it goes, I don't have anything to do right now. Let me just see if I can think and yeah, just, just, just be quiet create. And, and then dissatisfaction, mm-hmm. it's just part of life, right? Can you can you really expect that your life can be devoid of some dissatisfaction? You're going to have some crushed dreams. You're going to have some unmet expectations. And but you're right in the sense that they're saying that that idea of dissatisfaction can be something that is an addiction in itself. So the third point is every year there are more options. And I was thinking about this. I have more shoes than I've ever had, you know, because I just buy another pair periodically. And it's like, I'm not like a hoarder. I don't have, I don't have that many, but you know, I got maybe 12 or 15 pair of shoes. Well, I've never had 15 pair of shoes in my lifetime before. There's more. Yeah. There is more, right? There, there, you think about, there are more food choices now, right? There are more options. There are more radio. Remember radio? We used to have to listen to the stations and now. You had to to actually change the channels physically on your TV. TV, (laughs) There's so much more now. And then, and do you think people are happier because there's more? Mm. There's so much more. Now, that's a good, we should camp out there for a little bit because that's a great question. Are people more content because there's more or with more? Yeah. And I think that's maybe the heart of this question, right? In terms of this idea of minimalism or are we really more satisfied because we have more? Yeah. I want to tell you what popped into my head. My sister-in-law, Michelle, and I'm saying her name to bless her because I want her to hear this podcast, went to Africa and on a little missionary trip from her church. And she said they would worship under a tree they had no church and they would gather together under a tree and they would worship god and they were so happy to have god in their life Mm. and i think they don't have benches right they don't have air conditioning and they're out in nature with nothing did the more do you have to have a lot Mm. more really these folks have nothing and they have such joy and isn't that really, isn't that really the thread of the the message here? Right? Is is let's ask ourselves about our contentment, mm. and what is it that we're actually looking to 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 bring contentment in our lives? Right? And I really think that's maybe the the problem with the question is that we end up thinking that we must have something in order to be content. When I think, maybe and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think contentment is an act of our will, mm. regardless of what we have or don't have in our lives. Because what you're saying about these folks yeah. in Africa, right, is they're choosing to be content regardless of possessions, right? They're choosing to have this mm. sense of joy and peace and happiness that... Um, we maybe in the Western world 
have said needs to be tied to possessions or needs to be tied to status or needs to be tied to a title. And what they're doing is they're saying, I love the, it it goes back to a phrase that I've heard you say many, many times, which is, my God is enough. Mm. That's a statement of contentment, right? Right. I don't need more than that. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of stuff. I mean, it's one thought to get more, but a different thought is, do you know you have a lot of stuff? Mm. You have a lot in your garage, in your closet, in your pantry, in your cupboard, in your yard. You have a lot of stuff. And are you happy? Mm. Well, and I think, and and here's where I want to, and maybe I shouldn't interject this because maybe we should let the tension. <laughs> no, hold. that's long you know? enough. That held long. Okay. That was good. Because here's the thing: I can, I, I know that that in my own history, and then certainly a lot of our listeners, one of our core struggles is shame. Right. Mm-hmm. So you might be hearing this, and immediately some of your your shame lies are coming up, and this sense of this overwhelming sense of guilt, maybe for just even having a lot of stuff. And I want to just just pop that bubble just for a second because it's like, listen, this is not this conversation is not about trying to induce shame mm-hmm. or bring a sense of guilt for simply owning possessions, right? I think what this conversation is about is in, is inviting you to maybe take inventory mm. of your life, yeah. of your stuff, and maybe even more so of your motivations behind your life and your stuff. Would that be a fair way yeah. to maybe no, frame that's it? that's great. That's great. Because I do think it's healthy for all of us mm-hmm. to periodically take inventory of our motives. Like, okay, why did you buy your last pair of shoes? You know, just asking yourself yeah, the question, yeah. not in a shame-inducing way, or no. guilt-inducing way, but saying, "Yeah, well, well, maybe was 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 there any sense of like idolatry or you know discontent or whatever?" You know, but there, the other side is, did I get rid of a pair of shoes? Yeah, what did you do with another pair? Because I got a- five pair of tennis shoes, right? Yeah, and and I got a new pair of walking shoes. But did I give one away or throw one away or did I do, right? How do I mm-hmm. keep from having the more, 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 more own me? Yeah. So one of the questions they ask is, you know, does this item add value to my life? Does owning this add peace or comfort or rest? Is there value or is it just stuff sitting there? that I'm afraid to do something with. Because mm. the point of this is to simplify your life. Yeah. So now it's confession time. I love white shirts. Up until very recently, I have owned 25 white shirts in my closet. I love white shirts. Do I need 25 <laughs> white shirts? I do not. I'm now going to limit myself to 10. That's one a day for two weeks. I don't need 25. I can do just fine on 10. I could do five on five. But you understand there is a lot of washing machine, right? (laughs) But but there's something about a white shirt that I just is clean and strong and nice and good presentation. 
Do I need 25 white shirts? When you have good skin for white shirts, too. <laughs> if I wore a white shirt, I'd disappear. So <laughs> I have a little color. You look good in white shirts. But the point is, I've literally gone through these shirts yeah. going, no, no, you can go. No, you can go. No, you can go. I, you're not adding value to my life. I don't need more clutter. I want to live simpler and happier well, with more gratitude. And as you're saying that, it's not doing it. Yeah. And as you're saying that, one of the thoughts that comes to my mind, too, is this is a great question, because sometimes when we ask the question, we might realize not only is it maybe not bringing value to my life, but it's actually adding stress to my life. You mentioned kind of in passing a washing machine. It's like that's a lot of shirts to wash, you know, and keep (laughs) keep up with. So some of it, too, could be like I may be adding work and stress to my life that's unnecessary that I could even limit, you know. So can you live on less? Mm -hmm. Can you simplify your life? Because I'll tell you, I'm going to jump back to your topic. Guys that are doing porn are exhausted. Yeah, it's not a simple life. They're living their life. They're trying to take care of the household and the family. Then they're trying to escape to spend hours in there. I mean, this is a very cluttered stressful, busy, unsatisfying life. And the, that's the deception of the pornography is that it deceives you to think this will bring relief. This will bring some, uh, you know, it will reduce the stress in my life. It'll bring a sense of satisfaction. And what you find over time is that it does literally just the opposite. It adds more burden. It adds more clutter. It adds more mm-hmm. stress. It not only to your life and relationships, but even in your own mind, it clutters your mind. It you know it brings confusion and chaos and discord and and all of that. And mm-hmm. yet the deception is on the front end. The temptation is, oh, this is going to satisfy. This will bring relief. See all those stressors out there. Right. This is going to calm your system and lie, lie, lie. And the danger in it is that it it brings that for such a tiny moment, right? right? Yeah, moments pleasure. That's and right. then the wake in the wake of that, it adds all that clutter back into your life. So, do you find yourself with a buying mentality or a needing mentality? Because have you noticed stuff is cheaper? Mm-hmm. You can buy clothes cheaper now. We have we have a glut of clothes, right? They just ship them overseas and sell them in bulk. Yeah. You know, get rid of all these used clothes, right? Um, so stuff is cheaper. It's online. And it's there 24 hours a day. And they can bring it to your door in two hours now. Hey, now, don't don't convict me on my Amazon Prime <laughs> account, okay? Because uh, now you're hitting too close to yeah, home. But, but do you yeah. have this mentality that I've got to buy, buy, buy? Right. You know, right. you should just check yourself. Because that's restless discontent. I need more. I need something else. And somebody packages this nice, shiny, sparkly new, and you go, well, I need that. No. You know, I've I've shared with people uh, in in recent years about how I say the, the, the struggle that I personally have with, uh, let's, with Amazon, for example. Okay. Is I'm like, they make it very easy to buy things very fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they've removed a lot of those bar- you know it used to be even online shopping was okay, I need to I need to look at something, I need to put it into a cart, I need to go through this lengthy like checkout process and all this kind of stuff. And you can go to Amazon, look at it and go, 
one swipe and I've just bought it. And so it's like <laughs> they've You're done. Now, I do want to, again, before people start drowning in shame about having like an mm. Amazon account or something like that, we don't want to say that convenience in and of itself is evil, right? I love the fact that there's technology. I mean, mm -hmm. folks, listen, the technology we're using now is allowing our voices to be heard literally right. around the world. So we're not yeah. anti-convenience. The question that you're really asking is really kind of where's my heart on this, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what you're saying? Am well, I and happiness, mm. right? We get confused that things bring us happiness, right? Right, and if I have the newest thing, and and I'm out in front, and I'm showing everybody else, look what I have. I mean, I feel connected. I'm in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And it brings me a little joy and attention. But it's like we're trying to be deep people of faith, and that comes from a deep place. It doesn't come from your things, right? And so these authors are challenging us because he says sometimes we get so goofy that we have to get more space. For because our stuff is crowding us out, let's get bigger closets and more garage space. Let's get a bigger to take care of our stuff. And that's where I think it is. This is this is where it does I think get convicting, and this is where maybe some of our listeners will turn us off. Is uh, <laughs> because I am absolutely amazed at the growth rate of the storage industry in the United yeah. States. Like those storage spaces, you know. I'll give an example of this where I was, this was about seven or eight years ago, where I was I was having uh, really a, a conviction on this to be able to say, okay, I do need, we need to do some self-inventory and some inventory even of our things. We, we um, uh, built our house on our in-law's property, and so it was me and my father-in-law literally built the house. So when I say we built the house, it took us about three years to, you know, build the house. So for the last year, we had we had sold our house in town, and we we moved out, and we were living in my parent, in my grand, um, my in laws guest house, and it's a little, it's less than a thousand square feet. It's a little two bedroom, one bath house, mm. and so five of us were living, and so we really, <laughs> so for a year, as we're finishing out the rest of our house, because it takes a long time to build a house when you're doing it by yourself, uh, we're living in this tiny space. So we took all of our stuff and we put it in a 12 by 12 storage unit, like literally packed floor to ceiling, front to back. So what was interesting is when that year was up and we're moving into the house and I go out and I go to that storage unit and I raise the door on that storage unit. The first thought I had as that door was going up is we've existed without this stuff for a whole year. Wow. So the thought I had is, okay, what are we going to pull out of here that's, necessary to the new house. I mean, a lot of it was furniture and things like that. But then there was a lot of getting rid of in that season because we realized we have lived perfectly fine. We're still, we're still alive. We're still together. We're, you know, it's like we'd lived life yeah. without this stuff. And it was, a, it was an eye opener to me of the, of what exactly they're talking about in this documentary is the reality that maybe we need to take inventory and evaluate and realize. And by the way, I would say that year was a wonderful year for our family because living in those tight quarters, we learned so much more about cooperation and connection with one another. And it was a value to our lives to have that limited space for that year. 
That's good. So why we're having this conversation is we're supposed to be people of peace and contentment, right? So asking questions on the journey is important, like, what do you really need? Mm. And can you periodically stop and examine your life? And, and asking yourself, will this make me happy? I can't think of the book, but there's an author that wrote a book on organizing your life. And she says, take everything out of your closet, put it on the bed, and pick up every item and say to yourself, does this bring me joy? If it does, put it in one stack. If you if you can find a flaw, don't like the color, the stuff, put it in another stack. And put all the stuff that brings you joy back in the closet. And take all the other stuff to donation station. Mm-hmm. Because what do you value? Right? How do you live? How do you spend your time? And if stuff is more important than relationship or building or ministry or nurturing or blessing, you know, we're we're great American consumers. But that's not our calling. Yeah. And I would even I would even take that question one step further, especially as we're not only just examining our stuff, but also examining our lives. Is is not only is this something that brings me joy, but is this something that provides benefit to others in my life? Like is so almost kind of an adding on to that, in order that we don't that we also don't become too self centric. Mm. In other words, like okay, so the the question is, everything needs to bring me joy in my life. And it's like, well, there's a place for that, obviously. Um, but also, do the things that I even have, are they seen more as a gift from God that I'm simply stewarding in order to bring blessing to others? So could these things, could my life, could the stuff that I'm engaged in kind of be sifted through those questions. Not only does right, it bring joy glory to, my to life, God in the end, but right? does it yeah, yeah does it benefit others and that's good. Because that's part of the analysis and inventory too, right? right. Being able to say But I think she was just talking about clothes in your closet. Oh, yeah. It was very simple because we just keep it go you know, she was We start to think we need it, right? Yeah, yeah, but I spend good money on it and there's still some life in it and and I'm gonna give it to my sister someday or I'm holding this for that. And it's like she said, your sister's closet's full. Your sister doesn't need it. Don't save it for anybody else. You know, it was sort of funny. But the whole idea is, of today's conversation is can you simplify so that you're always doing the significant things? Because one of the lines that was said was uh, attached to people, mm. not objects. That's good. Right? Because the objects can own us on Saturday, we can spend all day with our objects and not be reaching beyond our objects, you know? And we're people, and that's why we had these conversations with you. We're in relationship, we're building, we're challenging one another to to examine your life. So, yeah, we've only got a couple minutes left, and I think it'd be good for us to maybe encourage with some next steps. Like, where would you, what would be some things that you would maybe encourage the listeners to to maybe do in this next week in order, in in light of maybe applying what we've talked about here? Well, I, I'm, the whole talk is about, I've been paring down and asking myself some important questions 
because I want to be more restful. And the more stuff you have, the more chaos and out of order. And, and I mean, it just it's consuming to organize your stuff. Like, I'm going to my brother's garage with him, and we got to organize. We're going to spend a whole day just organizing our stuff. Now, some of it's very useful, but but it's like, remember, the stuff owns you too, you know? And mm. James Dobson said this one time. He said, he spent, I, I spent a, a, several days putting this thing together and I realized it was a thing but it had consumed me in fact it even it that thing owned me for several days mm, yeah right and so so that would be the reflection was just look at stuff and say can I move it I want a simple life I want to live clean simple I want to be free I want to be open mm-hmm. and I don't want my stuff to own all my time yeah, and so I would just also piggyback on that and ask yourself the question, are there certain things that are owning me, primarily things that are taking me away from the relationships? And also, the thing that really jumped out at me was that last that last point about, am I attaching to people or am I attaching to objects? Because mm-hmm. um, the reality is, I think, you know, God has designed us to where the greatest joy, the greatest fulfillment is going to come through relationships, not through a connection to an object. So maybe just do inventory and say, am I attaching more to objects or am I attaching more to people? And maybe that will be something that can help you in this next week. Well, thank you everybody for being here and uh, please send us your questions, comments, feedbacks. Uh, If you need any kind of help, let us know. We'd love to walk alongside you. And what if they get rid of a bunch of stuff? Should they say, hey, guess what, Jonathan? Oh, I'd love I'm to hear about it that. up. You know? Yeah, we'd love to hear about that. Any stories you have about how maybe even that process ended up blessing some other people. That's so right. So please let us know about that as well. And uh, we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Thank you. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.